Good morning. Today is Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I shared with you two weeks ago the Miraglim, the spies that Moshe sent to spy out the land. And they went to the land of Israel. Moshe told them what to look for. They went. They brought back a report. But I shared with you, (coughs) they not only gave the report of what they saw, but they also gave their interpretation of what they saw, which was completely wrong. And because of that, it caused the disaster that followed. I gave one example when we discussed it. One example was, our sages tell us that when they went there, they saw lots of funerals. Everywhere they went, throughout Israel was a funeral. Everywhere, every day. So they said to themselves, this is a crazy place. Obviously, people die here all the time. And they came back. And part of the report that they said to the Jewish people, which frightened the Jewish people terribly, they said about the land of Israel, Eretz Ocheles Yoshvelhi. It's a land that eats up its inhabitants. What do you want to go to such a place? Everyone's dying. Everyone's having funerals. Wherever we went, there are funerals. Of course, our rabbis explain that, yes, there were lots of funerals when they were there, but the implication was exactly the opposite. God was trying to protect them. God wanted them to be able to be invisible to the inhabitants so they would not be in danger. If you catch a spy, you know what happens. So God arranged that there should be lots of funerals. People will be consumed by their own grief and they would be distracted and they would not notice these spies walking around spying the land. So the data was correct, but the interpretation was so wrong that it brought back a message and somehow the people just accepted that, that it's a land that eats up its inhabitants without realizing the difference between the report of the fact and the interpretation. There's another example. There are several examples, but I didn't share this one two weeks ago, but let me share it today. One of the things that Moshe said to the spies, he gave them instructions. He told them what he wanted them to look for and what kind of report they wanted. he wanted them to bring back. So Moshe said to the spies, check out Umeharim. What are the cities like? Habmachanim imbimivtsarim. Are they cities that are just kind of open? Or are they strongly fortified cities? Okay. So Moshe wanted that piece of information. The people, the spies came back. And this is what they said. And and listen if you hear where the break in the logic is. They came back and they said, Ephes az ha'am. This is the spies report back to the people that gets them so frightened and hysterical. Ephes az ha'am. The people are too strong, Hayashah ba'aretz. The people that live in this land, they're too strong for us. We will not be able to conquer him. The cities, they are so strongly fortified, we will never be able to take them. 
we will not be able to succeed because they are stronger than us. Their cities are more fortified than we will be able to get through. Here too, they brought back a factual report with an interpretation that was exactly the opposite of what Moshe wanted to find out. Because Moshe's intention in asking them to see whether the cities were fortified or unfortified, Moshe's meaning was different. Moshe's meaning was, if the city is fortified, that shows that the people are not so strong because they have to rely on fortification. A city that is not fortified, that's a strong city you have to be aware of. That's a strong city you have to be really careful with because they don't need fortification because their strength of their army and their soldiers is so strong, they don't need that. The spies understood it, just the opposite. They thought they had to worry about the fortified cities, but they were wrong. Yes, the cities were fortified. That was a sign that they were weak, not a sign that they were strong. And by the way, parenthetically, that's a really important message about many areas of life. Those who have to build up strong walls often are acting out of weakness. If you don't need walls, if you are more confident in your ability or your strength, you don't need such high walls. Okay. The result was, as we saw in the parasha two weeks ago, the people became hysterical. Every one of the Jewish people believed it, except for Moshe and Aaron, and the two spies that did not agree with them, Kalev and Yehoshua, except for those four, everyone else believed it. And they went berserk. They became hysterical, causing the terrible, disastrous consequences that we saw in the Parsha two weeks ago. But how could that be? How could you have this mass hysteria? I mean, we're talking about uh, the amount of people must have been, I don't know, three, four, five million people we're talking about. Ten spies come back with this report, open to interpretation. Someone listening has got to realize these guys are mixing fact with interpretation. Maybe the fact is true, but maybe the interpretation is not correct. And they were contradicted by two of the spies. Okay, ten versus two, but someone has got to think that maybe the two spies have got it right, not the ten. But everyone believes it. Everyone becomes hysterical. Everyone thinks that they will not be able to make it. In spite of the fact that God himself had promised, I'm giving it to you, you're going to take it. How does human nature work like that? To allow such a thing to happen. You know, very often, the news in the world relates to the Parsha. But sometimes, the news is two weeks late. Two days ago, there was an article in the Montreal Gazette. 
Perhaps you read it written by Matthew Lapierre. It's about the hospital hoax that has gone viral. Maybe you read it. If you did not read it, I urge you to read it because it is exactly, precisely, step by step, what happened with the spies during the past year here in Montreal. So here's the story. If you did not read it, here's the story. Just over a year ago, in April 2020, a woman, now they give her name as Marie, but it's not her real name. Originally, when the story was about to be written, she was willing to give her name, but then before it was published, she refused to allow her name to be used. So it's not her real name. I'm just making up the name Marie. About a year ago, April, a year ago, Marie began to question, is COVID really even a virus to begin with? Is there really actually an epidemic? Maybe there's not. Maybe it's a hoax. So she went to the Verdun hospital carrying a cell phone. And while filming what she was doing, she saw one of the nurses and she started asking questions. So she asked, is coronavirus real? The worker said, yes. The worker said to this woman, I'm calling Marie, do you have it? Are you coughing? Are you sick? And Marie says, no, I'm trying to find out if it's real. Now, you may remember Verdun Hospital was one of those designated as a COVID treatment center early on. And especially at that time, April 2020, Verdun, like all the other hospitals, were overwhelmed with COVID patients in crisis. But this woman, Marie, was standing outside and she was filming from outside through the window, the emergency room of Verdun Hospital, the emergency waiting room. And here's what she saw. Now, I know it's hard to see, but she filmed pictures. The emergency waiting room was empty. So she said, well, you're telling me that there's a, a pandemic and you're so, and there's so many patients and people are dying and there's COVID, but your waiting room in the emergency room is empty. There's nobody there. You're making it up. Obviously, there were no people waiting in the emergency waiting room because it was too dangerous for people to sit next to each other in the waiting room. And because all of the effort at that time, remember back in April, which was when the, the worst spike was uh, uh, last year, April, remember, that's when hospitals were not accepting patients with other diseases, were putting off other surgeries to devote to the chaos that was going on inside in the COVID wards. It just wasn't happening right in front of her camera. 
because the efforts had to be diverted into providing life-saving care for the overwhelming number of patients who were coming in. Tedros Ghebreyesus is the Director General of the World Health Organization, and he said last year, we're not just fighting a pandemic, we're fighting an infodemic. We're not just battling the virus, we're also battling the trolls and conspiracy theorists that push misinformation and undermine the outbreak response. Now, where did Marie get this idea to go film the outside of a hospital and just completely misunderstand what she was filming, misinterpret what she was filming, exactly like the Miraglim looking at the cities? It started, <laughs> I wish it wasn't true, in the United States. Someone on Twitter started a hashtag, a hashtag, film your hospital. Go to your hospital, film it, and show it's not as bad as they're saying. It's not as bad. It's not really there. No one's dying. No one's sick. Look, it's empty. It is no... The same thing. It got shared. It got picked up. Somebody with a few million followers retweeted it. And then all of a sudden, there are millions and millions of people that are seeing these tweets and starting to believe maybe it's not true. Maybe we should go to the hospital and see. So, for example, one person from Fox News went and filmed the outside of Brooklyn Hospital Center in New York. Another filmed Mount Sinai Hospital in Queens. Another, as they're driving by their car, was... Uh, asking sarcastic questions of the staff who were taking a break standing outside. Uh, it's not so bad in there. You're not really certain doing patients. You're just taking coffee breaks. You're not. So here's the connection to the spies in the parasha two weeks ago. Film your hospital. That, that, um, phrase, and that tweet, it's based on a false premise. It's based on the premise that if the hospital parking lot is empty and the emergency room is quiet, that means that the pandemic is a hoax. The truth is, what it was actually evidence of was the hospitals were preparing for the pandemic by banning visitors, postponing elective surgeries, warning people not to come to the emergency room. Remember all those months? There were two scientists who studied the way this information traveled. And in this past July, they wrote, this empty hospital conspiracy theory joins a parade of false, unproven, and misleading claims about the virus, making the rounds on social media. In May 2020, so that's just over a year ago, a professor at Calton University and her colleagues found that nearly half of Canadians believed at least one of four 
COVID conspiracy theories. The people who believed misinformation were spending more time on social media than those who got the factual questions right. Well, of course, what was everybody doing while we couldn't do anything else? We were all spending more time on social media. StatsCan found that in September, more than 40% of Canadians were spending more time online than ever before on social media. So if more time on social media equals more conspiracy theories, then it's just inevitable that it's going to spread like wildfire. And listen very carefully to a statement by Saad Omer, who is the director of the Yale Institute for Global Health. When we think about the infodemic, we must remember that infectious diseases are not the only contagious situation. Behaviors are contagious, but also misinformation is contagious. Misinformation spreads like a virus. As people spend more time online, they increase their chances of coming into contact with it and maybe believing it. And there is, based on numerous studies, this is one from a computer scientist at McGill University, Derek Ruths, a clear link between misinformation circulating, circulating on social media and a reduction in people's adherence to basic health measures. Social media exposure increases misperception, which in turn reduces social distancing compliance. And tragically, at this moment of the perfect storm, the perfect spreader was there. Facebook, whose profits were soaring because of the usage increases, who theoretically had been grappling with this, this, this concept, this problem of misinformation, but basically had done nothing about it, along with Twitter and YouTube and WhatsApp and Instagram and et cetera, et cetera, et How could B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, have fallen en masse for such a ridiculous report of the spies all too many people in our society are still doing the exact same thing today. So we need to learn the Parsha. We need to apply its lessons. When people give us a report and they confuse fact with interpretation when they are not qualified to make that interpretation, and when people are more and more likely to get their information from sources that are not vetted that do not have expertise, that are not looking for the answers, but simply trying to find what is the darkest fears within people, 
That's exactly the same thing as what happened to the spies. And we see the terrible consequences for us today. We need to fight against misinformation. I've spoken about this before, not in a nasty way, not in a confrontational way, but in ways that simply get people to look for authentic information from reliable sources. Look at data, look at how the experts interpret it. What's happening today is not new. It is exactly what happened in the parsha of Shalach. Hopefully, we will be able to get out of this much more safely than what happened to them. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.